Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and PhD with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamline, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to our post-Thanksgiving version of Today with Dr. Wendy. Always so much to talk about, it's hard to pare it down. But one thing I think we all noticed this week is that Thanksgiving slash Black Friday looked a little bit different this year. Maybe instead of risking being trampled in a stampede at the local stores, you risked an internet crash online because digital doorbusters were an ample supply. They still are as we move towards traditional Cyber Monday and then Giving Tuesday. Every day's got its own name. One thing I wish we could talk more about, and I would love to have you all call in and tell me how this worked out, is did you, in fact, mix polls and poultry around the table? After all, we're still counting votes. Not only are we still counting votes in different jurisdictions, but there are some races that still have not been called, and i.e. the races in Georgia. We'll, uh, we'll get around to that in just a minute. But it is very interesting to have heard the stories I've already heard about what went on around the Thanksgiving table. Were you passing judgment or just passing the gravy? Because I actually wrote an article in my Psychology Today column this week about why you should talk politics at Thanksgiving. You heard me. Why? Because what you're doing is talking about issues over individuals. If you're interested in the kitchen table issues that really concern all of us. I mean, think about it. All Americans care about the same things. Health, care, jobs, the economy, education. I used to say just health and wealth, but there's so much else that's gone on this year. And I don't just mean violence or the virus. There are just issues galore that unite us instead of dividing us. And many people really wanted to talk about some of those bipartisan, passionate issues that matter. Um, but one of the things we really have kept our eye on, and we just can't ignore it, is the lawsuits that are still going on about the election. And one thing we always want to point out here is the Republicans that are filing lawsuits and the Republicans that are filing them as individuals, two different things, they're not seeking to overturn an election. They're seeking to correct election results. That's the gist that's the thrust of what they're trying to do. So they want to make it very clear that they're not trying to pull a coup. They're trying to basically make sure that all legal votes are counted while all illegal votes are not counted. How many times have you heard that within the last couple of weeks? The reason is because they want to make sure that just because the media let the horse out of the barn, that it is the horse America chose. Let's make sure that happens, especially in states where the margin between the two candidates was less than 1%. And on that note, let me kick this over to my co-host, Larry Dersham. Do we have a chance? I think we have a great chance, Wendy. You know, on November 24th, which was this last Tuesday, Trump released the National Thanksgiving turkey. Then, a day later, <laughs> Sidney Powell released the Kraken. Well, nice. <laughs> yes, kind of a joke there. Uh, but uh, late on Wednesday night, Sidney Powell filed two lawsuits, one in Michigan and one in Georgia, alleging massive voter fraud. And uh, just to focus in a bit on, on Georgia, in that she names, among others, Governor Brian Kemp, who's a Republican. She names him in the lawsuit, Secretary, the Secretary of State, 
his name is Brad Raffensberger, and also, uh, you know, the state election board in Georgia. And what's interesting about that is this, uh, I found this information, it is so fascinating. Okay, there's a gentleman by the name of Eric Coomer, and Eric Coomer is the head of security for Dominion Voting Systems. Well, Eric Coomer was there in Georgia instructing the people uh, how to update their system just shortly before the election. Now, what's interesting about Eric Coomer, he happens, by the way, to be a nuclear uh, physicist. He has his doctorate degree in in nuclear uh, physics from uh, UC Berkeley. He's a very, very smart person. But he's been picked up, uh, and you can watch the YouTube on this, uh, a, a gentleman by the name of Joe Altman recorded him on an Antifa call. And in that, he said there is no way Trump is going to win the election. Imagine, this guy is head of security for Dominion Voting Systems. Now, if that proves to be true, I think this whole thing is going to unravel. Uh, because- okay, let's take that last point, though, Larry, because that's what our, a lot of the people that we know that have been following the lawsuits, and even the ones that read the uh, the filings that Sidney Powell um, filed this week. And that's actually very important as well, because that fire hose of facts press conference last week that people were turned off by a little bit in that it was just allegations. But the lawsuit actually claims that they can back it up with facts. But here's the question, Larry, all of the uh, circumstantial evidence, including what you just mentioned, might in the eyes of the detractors prove that this Dominion software was capable of switching votes or even was designed to rig elections, even if you believed all of that was true. How does Sidney Powell prove that that actually happened here? And if it did, there's enough votes that actually should have been flipped. So merits plus math, that would be the only way that she would win this lawsuit. True? It would be true, definitely. But I think she's, uh, I I read the initial, I think it's a 104 page. uh, 104 pages. I read it too. Complaint, yeah. Exhausting. And and in there, she's got (laughs) a number of uh, statisticians and computer experts saying that some of these uh, vote changes, uh, the way they process them in the time, and this has been recorded, uh, were basically impossible. You couldn't have that many votes come in at one time and so forth. So there's a lot of statistics that will be involved. And I think they do have a number of whistleblowers too. So this is going to be a very rapid fire lawsuit. We only have till, what is it, December 14th? So and, it better uh, be Operation Warp Speed, not just the vaccine. But these lawsuits better move at the speed of light. Because absolutely. the one thing that Sidney Powell and others did not do is probably have a minute off during Thanksgiving because they are trying to get this litigated. And one thing I thought was interesting, Larry, not taking sides, but it was interesting the way the pushback that Sydney and her lawyers received moved from you don't have the evidence to you can't spell the word district. <laughs> it oh, seems yeah. like that stole the, the, the misspellings and the typos stole the show. Now she probably has people that help her get this ready. And I don't know if anybody could get a 104 page substantive document that it contained all of the allegations that it did. And it really ran the gamut of all the different types of irregularities slash illegalities that she's alleging. They say that uh, they're working 20 hour days. I can't imagine that. I mean, Oh my God. Well, yes, you can Larry. You and I have worked like that too. It's not a a good way to live. I think it keeps you young though, in one sense. But um, one of the other things I think um, is that one of the States at issue is Georgia. And um, Larry, I know that the president is planning to actually make a road trip to Georgia in order to support the two Republican candidates. And, you know, I'll call this the down ballot boost 
he needs to do something because people have to go out to the polls even though the president isn't on the ticket. You know, we used to always blame our young people, ignorance and apathy, I don't know and I don't care regarding who's on the ballot. But that's not necessarily true. Everybody has to be incentivized to make a difference. And will they actually uh, go out to vote? So do you think that the president traveling to Georgia to sort of shake things up again and re-energize that jurisdiction is a good idea? Totally a good idea. Totally necessary. This is a huge election. It's going to be held on January 5th of 2021, uh, not too far away. And basically, David Perdue who's an incumbent Republican, and Kelly Loeffler, who's also an incumbent Republican, are trying to hold on to their offices. They're going up against two Democrats. One is John Ossoff. And this sounds, uh, you know, not, not to use too many names or so forth, but this is one to remember. Okay, so his campaign, John Ossoff's, Ossoff's campaign, uh, he, in his financial disclosures, he forgot to mention the fact that he's getting a huge donations from the Chinese Communist Party. And he said, oh, that's just a paperwork oversight. And uh, it's just very concerning. Okay, so he's a, a liberal. Uh, also, Reverend Warnock, who's the other Democrat. And here he's a reverend, but yet he supports full-term abortions. He says abortion is health care, and the health care is a human right. And therefore, that's why he's for full-term abortions. He also says that if you're in the military— you can't be a Christian. So he's got some pretty controversial uh, views, I would say. And anyhow, so what this means, if those two Democrats win, the Democrats will control the entire uh, Senate of the United States. So if Biden happens to get in as president and the Democrats control the Senate as well and the House, they will have full control. And you might say, OK, well, what about the U.S. Supreme Court? At least we we have Amy Coney Barrett there and so forth. But guess what? I think they're going to be packing the Supreme Court, which means there's no magic number that you have to have nine justices. They can add additional justices until they get the number of justices needed to get the policies approved that they want to put through. That's a well, you know, the, the, yeah, and, and you know, I think it's a, a really a valid concern regarding the significance that this Georgia race can have. And I mean, how ironic is it? How it, it's so, how, so 2020, that's what I would say, that we would have this race come down to Georgia, of all places, um, two Republicans trying to hold on to those seats and being as, as close as it is. So I think that, you know, the president can bring that star power to the jurisdiction, get it you know, energize, get everybody back in action. You know, one thing that people always do is they come out in droves to see him and he can really drive them to the polls because it's really going to matter down there, as you said. Um, so it's it's next week. I hope people don't forget about it, but it certainly will be uh, one to watch. Um, the silver lining aspect of, of today, Larry, I know that it's going to be interesting and fun as we, as we move into the holidays, but, um, you know, you, our, our Thanksgiving traditions, our Christmas traditions, one thing I want to leave everybody with is, Let's not let 2020's downside get in the way of what we really are thankful for and how many wonderful things that the Lord has blessed us with, Amen. notwithstanding the craziness in the country, the violence and the virus aspect of it, like I always like to say. Um, there's just family, friends, faith, and so much else we can hold on to and really cherish this holiday season. That's so right. that's the silver lining for today. Um, we always joke, Larry's the cloud and I'm the silver lining. So <laughs> we need both, right? We need that's both right. to have a good radio Yeah, show. We, we have so, our health and that's the important thing, Wendy. You bet. Amen to that. You're listening to um, Live with Dr. Wendy. We're going to actually have a great second half coming up. Uh, stay with us. We have a very special guest who's going to bring together 
um, entertainment and education. Talk about things we're thankful for this Thanksgiving. So stick with us. We will be back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. Well, we've talked a little bit about polls and poultry, but we are also now officially beginning the holiday season. Isn't that what Thanksgiving is all about? And as we move into the Christmas, Hanukkah, all the different types of celebrations that typically characterize the holidays, we also know that it's been back to school for many kids and in many households. So I am very excited to now that we actually have a guest tonight that mixes a little bit of entertainment and education. She's an expert on both. Before I steal the thunder of the introduction, I'm going to kick it over to my co-host, Larry Dersham, to introduce our very special guest. Who do we have? Yes, Wendy. I'd like to welcome to the show Sam Sorbo. Sam is an actress who has played in numerous roles on both TV and in movies. She and her husband, Kevin Sorbo, were the stars of the television series Hercules, The Legendary Journeys, and she played Dr. Caroline Eckert in the third season of Chicago Hope, to name just two examples. Sam is also a filmmaker, an international model, an author, a radio talk show host of The Sam Sorbo Show, And Sam has recently taken a strong interest in homeschooling when she saw how the public schools were not adequately encouraging her three children to reach their full potential. Welcome to the program, Sam. Well, thanks so much for having me. You you said I recently took a, an interest in homeschooling. If that means over a decade ago I started homeschooling my kids, then that's accurate. Um, I Sam, think that there are a lot of parents today who are taking a look at homeschooling Uh, like they never have before. You know, Sam, I was reading through your resume and um, Larry gave a couple of examples. Um, Bonfire of the Vanities, Diagnosis Murder, one of my mother's favorite shows, as well as all of the accomplishments you and your husband have done together. One of the things that struck me, and by the way, I also, um, my my folks are from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so we share that in common. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Go Steelers! (laughs) One of the things that really struck me about you is that despite everything you have going on professionally, you're raising three kids and you have your priorities right on the money. You are most interested in raising those three precious youngsters in the way they should be raised. Tell us why that is so important, because, you know, lots of people that are listening at home right now are thinking to themselves, how could I possibly do it with a full time job? Well, you have done it with a full time career in every sense of the word. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true, actually. I, you know, I saw it as a binary choice. I, I was not happy with what the school was doing for my son. It, it simply wasn't adequate. And so I, I just made the choice, and then I prioritized everything else after that. So I think it's important that we put family first. And, you know, we often say put family first, but then we also, we also often say put yourself first. And mm. I don't know if that's accurate or maybe... 
by myself, if I put myself first, it's really a matter of putting my family first because they are the most important things to me. Uh, um, and so, you know, I, I just, I put them first and when it came down to it, I had to, I had to, in a sense, uh, reinvent the wheel for myself because I did not think that I was up to the task. I just, honestly, Wendy, it got to the point where I said, if I fail, I will still do a better job than the schools. And I think that parents are seeing that now because of everything, not just COVID, but everything else that's coming out about what they're teaching our kids in the schools. If you look at the rioting and the looting that we see on the streets today, that is a direct result of teaching children, one, that they are entitled, two, that the law of the land is survival of the fittest, and three, that Darwinism is true and they are simply accidents of nature who have no intrinsic value. When you teach children those three things, you're going to end up with hoodlums who don't have a respect for the law. Exactly, and it seems and, like they're, they're removing the history, too, and they're teaching us that uh, supposedly the 1619 Project that we started as a slave-owning nation, and they're totally leaving out the true history, I believe, and they're basically indoctrinating our children uh, in, a, in a bad way. Right. That's absolutely right. So the 1619 Project teaches kids that the United States was founded on slavery, which is actually completely a lie. Yes. For instance, it starts by saying that the first slave ship arrived in 1619 at the Jamestown colony and that those slaves were sold in the United States. They were not. They were traded for food into indentured servitude because Jamestown colonists said, guys, we're not about the slavery thing, but these people can work and they can work for their, for their freedom. And they were all freed. And so they were never enslaved. They were they were indentured, but they weren't enslaved. It's a completely you know, different mindset. It's true. You know, Sam, one of the things that I know our listeners care about is um, the social uh, adjustment of kids. And that's one of the things that you've probably been, you know, answering for years. Yes, but if you homeschool your kids, how do they have a social life? What are some of the best ways to, to educate people, educate adults, ironically, that there are plenty of other ways to give your children rich, healthy, wholesome social lives other than sending them to public school? Well, of course, the funny thing is now that's no longer an excuse because the kids kids are being asocialized in school. They have to stay in their desks. They can't move around. They have to wear masks and shields and plexiglass. And, and stay no six feet from each other. No that's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's no gym class. Like, so, so there is no social argument. But, but even so... When parents would say to me, they would give me the social argument. I, I, I just, I, I, I dis, disown that on its face because my children are more social than most public school children. In other words, they're used to dealing with people of different ages. They weren't taught ageism in the classroom, which is what our ageist classrooms teach them. And they were taught to converse with basically anyone at any time. Whereas when you stick your children inside a box and teach them only to talk to other, let me ask you this. How is a sixth grader going to learn manners from another sixth grader? That's Lord (laughs) of the Fly. It is. Okay. (laughs) It is. And you would have a movie, uh, a movie analogy, wouldn't you? (laughs) Well, yeah. Forgive me for that. Something you know a little bit about. Once we are all vaccinated and back at it, 
Um, I love the fact that you've actually been tackling this, no doubt, for the whole 10 years you've been talking about homeschooling and doing homeschooling. I mean, what, what are some of the best ways in which we can actually uh, introduce our children to wholesome and healthy role models? And I am not surprised your, your three children are as social as they are. They have two wonderful parents that are teaching them all the right things. <laughs> but people that are listening and trying to get some sort of out-of-the-box ideas, I mean, they're, even now, aren't there programs other than being in a classroom that actually allow the children to be socialized, even if it's from a social distance, even during the pandemic. So I, but I don't, I don't put very much stock in quote socialized. I think that children should be socialized normally. Like you take them to the grocery store and you encourage them to speak with the adults that they're speaking with. I remember the day that I taught my daughter how to hold the door open for someone else, okay? Aww. So when you, when you send your child away from you to get so-called, these, these so-called skills, that, that, that frankly, the institution is not investing in those skills. There's nothing in the institution that, that dictates how to socialize the child. There's right. nothing there. It's pie in the sky. You're, you're, you're just shooting it the, in the dark. So, and, and in fact, I would put to you, that parents look at the schools because they want their children to get an education. We are no longer educating our children in our public schools. We are indoctrinating them. We are schooling them. That's right. And that's why you see everybody walking around with masks on. The jury is still out on the efficacy of masks. In fact, the CDC website itself has a study that was published from 10 years ago before the mask debate was politicized that irrefutably uh, found that the masks, the cloth masks, have a 0.02% efficacy rate, okay? Oh, boy. Obstructing yeah. the, the very small viruses. And, and as we know, coronavirus is a very small virus. Right. So, you know, and yet you have the entire public all wearing masks. I think it's a means of social control, told. social control. Well, but, but we've all been trained by the schools to obey. That's what schools are good for. They teach us to obey. And we're very good at obeying at this point in the sense of, yeah following the directions of our overlords. Right. I, I, I struggle with that. I want my children to be think outside-the-box thinkers. Steve say, Jobs said it best. What did he say? Well, he actually he spoke at, at uh, Stanford uh, graduation ceremony, and he said, if you're not graduating this year, run, because the worst thing you can do is finish college, because oh, it puts a ceiling on you. That's great. And we want outside... Now, Steve Jobs didn't graduate college. Right. Uh, uh, Bill Gates didn't graduate college. I'm just saying we need to rethink the way that we approach education. Absolutely. We've taken entrepreneurship out of our education system. We ought to be investing in our children the ideas of entrepreneurship, the ideas that made this country great. We're not teaching civics in the classroom. Why is that? Because there's a conflict of interest between the government and the civics lessons that the, that the United States citizens learn, which basically revolves around the idea that the power resides in the people and not in the government. The government would rather teach the people that they should have the power, and they're doing a damn good job of that, but that's not Sam, education. We, that's no, cool. you're right. We've got about 30 seconds left. Where can people go to find out more about this? This is fabulous. Well, thank you. you they can go to my website. website. Yes. My website is samsorbo.com, and then they can also go to sorbofamilyfilmstudios.com if they want to catch up on anything that the Sorbos are doing in the realm of film. And um, I, I would encourage them to do that. I've written several books on the, the subject of homeschooling. My whole mission is to empower parents to embrace the, uh, the ideas of homeschooling. It is 
less it is easier than you ever thought and more rewarding than you ever dreamed. Would Amen. They, would they start by a, would they start by going to your website, Sam, if they wanted yes. to get into it? Okay. Perfect. Yep, you have been the silver lining of our show, Sam. We always end up with oh, a silver lining, and we've done it again today. So thank you so much, Sam, for joining us. Thank you, Sam. And thank you to our listeners. You have been listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. We will see you next Saturday. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego.